Hello, everybody. Welcome to another weekly episode here at the YYC Real Estate Show. Excited for episode 35 and our guest today, Derek Dion, a local real estate agent here in YYC. So we'll be very excited to know all about him um, and his path in real estate, what brought him into real estate and what he enjoys about trading and living here in YYC. Of course, I'll quickly give everyone your weekly update on what's been happening in the last seven days here in town. So our inventory has creeped up a little bit. Last time we were a little over 2,100 active listings. So today we're at 2,590. And how many solds did we have in the last seven days? There were, uh, we were normally seeing seven to 800 for like the whole year. Remember in the last like month, they were the 500 mark. So let's see, 439, only 439 wow. sales in the last seven days. So sales are coming down, but inventory is coming up. So that's good. Three and a half million was the, the highest sale. And 2.775 was the second highest sale in the last seven days. And 155,000 were two apartments, both 155,000 in the same building, 2006 11 Ave Southwest. It's actually a nice location for 155,000 Sonalta. Well, so still, of course, low inventory status. I mean, we need to be around the 3,500 to 4,000 mark to be in a balanced market. And we're still creeping up there. and. Bank of Canada, of course, promised so many times they would not uh, do any more interest rate hikes. But if you talk to any of your lenders out there or watch the news, I believe there is another one coming in December. So let's wow. just keep our eyes on that and hopefully it does not happen. But uh, that's kind of what the analysts are saying. So um, briefly from last week, uh, I did list that acreage um, near Chestermere, uh, two acres and a nice renovated bungalow. And happy to say in less than 48 hours, somebody did take it for almost full asking price so we'll see how that goes and now i have to do the tough job which we all know is finding your clients once they get a sale on their property their next dream home or their next permanent home it's a fun part but uh you have to be really strategic in making the possession dates line up so like we were talking about derek um ensuring your clients move hopefully just once and not temporary accommodation and storage units um, and sebastian did your Deals out in Cochrane that were like three deals in one. Did they wrap up from last week? Yeah, they wrapped up. We were able to move over uh, uh, possession and they're going to get bridge financing. They're still going to have five extra days to move into their house. Um, they're happy. They're super, super stoked to finally. They've been waiting for almost two months for this to happen. And um, everything's going really well. All the fixes that need to be fixed are being are done pretty much. And Everything's been going really smoothly Good. for now. I don't want to knock on wood. Yeah, yeah. I'll knock on wood. Yeah, like I tell everyone, my clients start celebrating, but, asking uh, me to come over when it's like yeah. CS. And I said, no, we don't celebrate till it's farm sale. Yeah. <laughs> Even then. Even then, wait yeah. till possession yeah. date, right? Like keys released is when you celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. So now I got to start looking at closing gifts. Yeah. So I'm going to go to JWeb for that. Yeah, JWeb, who's been on the show, is great for our closing gifts. It's really convenient for us. We don't have to think about or even drive. You just give your account with him. Tell them I want to spend X amount on this client for this date, and a nice, a nice gift is made for you, and they can most of the time deliver it for you as well. So it's a really good, uh, really good. So you guys are talking like gift baskets, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a big wooden crate with an array of different types of wine, sparkling wine, um, things to celebrate, and then if your client's into other things, they can mix it and put like whiskey, vodka, whatever your mm -hmm. client wants. Yeah, yeah. But it's a nice touch because they can reuse that wooden crate and do a lot of different things with it. For sure. Even use it as a little garden starter and move them up yeah. inside. Yeah, well, or decor. Or decor, Whatever, yeah. blanket holder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those things are nice. When, uh, when, uh, when you're getting your clients gifts, how do you ask your clients if they drink? 
Like, hey, do you guys like? I just like that. Just you guys drink. Just, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do you drink? Because I do. What do you drink? Where? Where do you drink? Where, where do you drink? That's a better one. Yeah. Where? Where do you where drink? Because that's another thing. Like when we're promoting houses, and um, I've seen a lot of agents do it, and I think it's really cool, and I'm uh, very on board with this. Instead of the generic like, this many beds, baths, price range in this community, it's like showcase the community. Here's the local pub. Here's the local grocery store. Here's actually the two schools. Like stand in front of those places and make your clips, right? If you're going to promote a new listing. Well, even take that another step with the gifts, like give local whiskeys and yeah. local mm. soaps and whatever else you're going to put in that basket. Right. I don't know. For some reason, people seem to really get uh, even more enthused when it's local. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, we're, we're big on local, right? The YYC real estate show, anything YYC we want to promote for sure. Yeah. But um, one funny thing before we dwell into Derek and ask him all about himself, the last thing is yesterday I was doing showings and I saw something that I've never seen before doing this 17 years. You think you've seen it all, but there's always surprises. So showing uh, five condos to a first time home buyer, he's really excited. He's ready to go. And on one of them, it was in a high rise. We were, I believe, four or five stories up and we go out to look at the balcony and we look over. There's a power outlet. Next to it is a key taped onto the wall. So I guess if you lock yourself out, you have to climb four stories to get your keys. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Because I was like, well, maybe it's the balcony. And if you lock yourself out from the balcony, but it was a sliding door. Yeah. So Did it have no a key? Way. The sliding no, door? No. So That's just, strange. Yeah. yeah. It had a safe inside the house. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I took a photo of it and I said the things you come across in, yeah. In, yeah. when you're doing showings, right? But, but uh, once again, we, we're really excited to have... Uh, Derek Dion, am I saying the last name correctly? Derek yeah, Dion. Um, he's yeah. a local agent here at Remax. Uh, we just off Blackfoot Trail by the lovely car dealerships up on the hill there, right? That's yeah, there's office. a few lovely dealerships yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, you know, we in in our um, day to day, you go to all the brokerages, you know, drop off a deposit check. So I've been to that one quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have a really nice cafe up there too. Um, what is it called? La Moulin Fayette, I think. So it's a really nice French mm, one. Don't know that one. Yeah, it's a nice... Like uh, across the street? Yeah, it's down from the Starbucks. Okay. In yeah. that same little commercial space yeah. there. Never been it's a really there. nice French uh, cafe, a lot of nice pastries and whatever different types of coffees you would want. Yeah. So again, well, another... Like a good coffee. Especially. Another something local. Yeah. Well, there's another one down the road, kind of once you could go down Blackfoot into, you mm -hmm. know, where Blackfoot Motorsports yep. are. Yep. There's Bona Coffee. Yeah, I know Bona. Do you? Yeah. yeah that's Bona's really good. good stuff. And that owner is amazing. Like mm -hmm. talking about local people, local products. Yeah. He's awesome. He's got some really good stuff. And his passion for coffee is pretty uh, noticeable. Probably like a dozen yeah. coffees in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets very into it. Yeah. Animated. So, yeah. Thanks again. So, this is, uh, this is Derek Dion. Please tell everyone about yourself. Like, did you start from the beginning? Were you always born and raised here? Did you move here? And when did you get into real estate and, and why? Yeah, I'm basically born and raised Calgary. I came here very young. Mm -hmm. I never really lived anywhere else. So um, I spent most of my working life as a contractor in construction, mm -hmm. various roles, various aspects of that. And then uh, when I got out of that, I did a few different sales roles and always talked about getting into real estate. And uh, kind of eventually when I got let go from one position, it was just slow, like pre-COVID stuff. Um, ended up saying, you know what the hell is it? I'm going to go do the real estate thing. I've always mm -hmm. talked about it. It's kind of now or never. Mm -hmm. So that was seven years ago and I've never looked back. Nice. Yeah, it's been great. Were you always at Remax the whole time? Uh, I did Remax, then went over to EXP for a little bit. 
and then exp was great like i don't really have anything bad to say about them except for the fact that i it's a little lonely mm-hmm. like you don't you don't have a brokerage you don't have a lot of people around you unless you're on a team or working mm-hmm. with a group but i was just a solo agent kind of doing my thing and i got a little bit uh you know missed the missed the monday morning meetings yeah and the water cooler talk and the christmas parties and the camaraderie yeah. and you know, knocking on the office next door and running an idea past somebody, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I went back to Remax in March and uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back there. It kind of feels like home. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. Some people think you're self-employed. You don't need an office. You don't need a team. But it really helps with your own, not just mental health, but it keeps me motivated to want to come into the office. Yeah. See my coworkers, see what's going on, attend these meetings and You'll always learn. And like I said, 17 years I've been doing it and I'm still getting surprised no matter what. And there's always more to learn. And as the industry changes, um, there's, I don't know what's what's going to happen next. You know, a new app might come out and uh, change things for everybody. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so about contracting, did you do any like uh, residential bills? Was it commercial or were you working for an outfit? Uh, no, it was all residential. A um, little bit of commercial, but no, primarily residential. And it was all homeowners that I worked for. Okay. So I was, I was like, I was the contractor. I didn't okay. subcontract off of other guys. So, and it was mostly exterior stuff. Like it started as a concrete and then kind of got into a little bit of landscaping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I dabbled in a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it was primarily kind of yard works and concrete. And then in the winter, I would do a little bit of snow removal and a little bit of, uh, you know, basement development, stuff like that on the inside. And then, uh, yeah, I got out of that when I started having kids and got into some sales jobs. Yeah, the kids will... That led to real estate. Okay. Uh, how many kids do you have? Two. Two. Yeah. Uh, I have two kids as well. So yeah. I'm learning that. They're six and two. Mine. Okay. And yours? Mine are 11 and 12, a year and a half apart. That's good. And they're 11 and 12. Now you can play sports with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of that. That's been going yeah. on for a long time. Yeah. 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 My little guy, he's, he's just about to turn two this month and he's he loves the sports, the games, always wants to throw a ball, kick a ball. But, uh, you know, waiting for him to actually be able to I want to be able to beat him. And yeah. Like, and he's, and he's only two. Yeah. <laughs> so because my, my daughter, she's very much a girly girl. Like She just doesn't yeah. wanna, like, ah, like that ball hit me. Like, you know. Yeah. So but it's. If there's something you could uh, change, we ask our guests all the time about your your experience here in YYC, living here. Um, if there's something you could change, what would it be? Well, that's a tough one to ask because, I mean, everybody's going to say the weather. Yeah, um, most people. Yeah. yeah, and then my next one would be very controversial. I would probably say something political. <laughs> hey, it's a free platform. We yeah, swear on uh, here. We're normally drinking. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't have too many complaints about yeah. Calgary, other than those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. I love the. I actually like the weather here. I, I don't like winter, but other than that, the weather here is great. It's usually warm. Like, look at it snow this morning, and it's beautiful and mm-hmm. sunny outside. Uh, all my friends and family are here, so I've got some family not here, but my, you know, my my network is here. The people, if I left here, I would miss them the most. So that's, you know. That's important to me. Keeps you grounded here, yeah. Yeah. No, and it is a it is a good, really good city. It still has a small town feel, but we're a big city now, right? Like I think we're almost one point four million now for population, mm-hmm. and migration from out of province happening daily, especially the past two years. That number is only going to grow. Mm-hmm. Affects us, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing that pinch. We're seeing prices go higher, not because the value of that home is necessarily going to be appraised higher, but it's because supply and demand. Yeah. Right? You know, we all experience Too much this. pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's just these condo townhouse markets that you can still, you know, take your time and, you know, offer substantial amount, not have to compete, not have to take it day one or you're going to lose it. Like with a lot of residential detached that we experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'll answer your question more directly now that we're talking, and I'll, I'll even relate it to real estate. I wish that they would uh, change the way they're developing all the new areas mm-hmm. and quit making them so crowded and crammed. Put some space between the houses. Put some space on the streets. Mm-hmm. Build more parking for like they got the. You been to mahogany lately? You can't yeah. even move it. Man. Yeah. Make like you got nothing but land all the way around. Yeah. You just expand everything a little bit and give everybody some breathing room around. I there. agree. Like there's the zero property lines now in these yeah. communities. Yeah. I went to my sister's house this morning to drop off a few things for my nieces, and they live in this new area in the in the deep northwest that has zero property line. You can't even put a AC unit between your house and the house next door. Yeah. Really? Like that's how much. Like, and there's no need for that. Like, like there's. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, no I get it. I get it. Land, space, land yeah. is valuable, but come on, like people mm-hmm. and charge people a little bit more for their house. Give them that extra. And people room. will pay for that because totally that's the that's would. the biggest drawback we get. Like when I'm showing properties and I show them, you know, something that's maybe 25 years older and renovated in like Charleswood, Beddington, McEwen, and then we go see the same price point, but it's here in like Livingston or Evanston and yeah they have no yard they go on their balcony high five their neighbor they feel like right yeah so a lot of times you'll be surprised they'll go for the older house just because it has a big yard yeah you know, a big front and backyard and you're far enough away from your neighbor where you, you don't feel like they're going to listen to every conversation you're having like you're talking to them because I've done showings and we've opened the the back door and stepped on the balcony to see the yard and the neighbor's there on the phone and it's like it's right where you are. You yeah. Know, yeah. The whole conversation. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you there. But to them, it's business. And they see that they can have 40 more houses in that in that community instead of making more room and having 40 it's less. It's very right? Euro, right? But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I think the long-term effects of it are going to maybe, what's the word looking for? Um, Come, come back to haunt them a little bit. Like, yeah. I think those communities, once they're done, mm-hmm. you know, 40 years from now or something, they may, may be not be so popular. Yeah. And now that everything's getting rezoned and everybody can have a suite and everything, right? That's going to be a nightmare for, for people parking on the road or uh, It's just too whatnot. much. It's too crowded yeah. in the yeah. newer areas. Yeah. yeah, the parking's a big one, like you said, because a lot of them, too, they don't even have a back lane. Well, and two yeah. cars can't even pass each other mm-hmm. on the road anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And technically, you're supposed to park 1.5 meters away from any driveway because if not, you could be an obstruction, right? But you barely have enough space. There's to park zero a small property car, land. Yeah. You, you literally have this much of a like a, a lawn between yeah. like you and your neighbor share this yeah. much of a lawn, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to park in front of that little lawn. Well, and if, going back to the older neighborhoods, yeah. not only did you have a front driveway and front attached garage, but you also had a back alley. Right. Whereas a lot of the newer properties, it's one or the other. You don't, yeah. you know, you don't get all of it. Front drive homes back onto front drive homes yeah. and when they got a fence separating them and that's yeah, it. Exactly. And that's why it's, you know, you can see Bob and Sue out there barbecue and you mm-hmm. can tell what they're mm-hmm. having for supper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too close. <laughs> no, I agree. But, you know, that's something that's we'd have to talk to the builders, right? I mean, we we've done a lot of deals with some builders this year. 
And uh, they are building a lot of these attached homes and the prices I'm surprised are what a detached home was a year and a half ago, right? Well, and it's all about the money mm -hmm. to them, right? For sure. The yeah. more houses, the more taxes, the mm -hmm. more you pay for the land. And... Yeah, I'm sure it goes all the way up to like the yeah. bank where they're getting their financing. It's like, how much money are you going to make from this to like even get approved? And... Many layers. Yeah. 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 It would have to be a whole like, systematic fix. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any cool or, or funny stories that you want to share from when you were contracting? Because we always have like funny clients and I'm, I'm quick to share. We don't disclose their names or the property, but sometimes I like to disclose some really, really quirky clients. Like if we open a house door that meets their criteria, but if the stair stairway was right there, they're like, no, I'm out. Like that means all my money is just going out the door. So yeah. they couldn't buy a house oh, where like yeah, the yeah. stairs. Yeah, like superstition. Exactly, right? Religious things, yeah, yeah. Anything like from contracting? Because you know some people, they'll be like, I want you to build this, yeah. you're halfway done. Actually, you know what, I like I like it the other way. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I was showing a very nice lady an apartment and uh, she was, it was a perfect layout for her except for the fact that it had a space for a dining table. She was like, I can't live here. I'm not gonna walk around a dining table every day. It's just not gonna work for me. That's and that's genuinely the reason she did not like it. Everything else was perfect. It was facing the right direction, big laundry room, two bedroom, one bath, what she wanted. But no. Sorry, uh, you got cut off there. Oh, no, no, I didn't get cut off. I, to be honest, I don't really recall any stories from contracting that would be, you know, funny or worth sharing. Um, <laughs> probably some of my mistakes would be the, the funniest things to share, but none are coming to mind. Um, no, I don't know. It's that era of my life probably is what helps me be successful as a realtor no of course i know homes quite well yeah. and i i can point things out and i have a lot of detail and insight to share because of all that experience mm -hmm. so very grateful for it but it's kind of my passion i'm kind of trying mm -hmm. to get back to it a little bit actually I'm, i want to slowly migrate from selling houses you know i still i'm still going to keep selling them but i'd like to get into flipping and development and yeah. stuff like that and get a little bit more into wearing that hat again because it's kind of where I naturally kind of fit and that's uh, I would favor that well, yeah I mean you have the that experience that not everyone has so I definitely encourage you to go down that path and if you haven't gone to any of the monthly events that uh, I attend we attend all the time uh, for cash and homes we had one two nights ago that's what they're all about like finding you an investment uh, something you can reno and flip a property you can tear down and do an infill and it's a lot of stuff off market right so yeah so you have these guys out here and then of course with uh your skills i mean you can get a foreclosure an older house that's uh never been renovated since 1981 then you could do it up go, yourself go sebastian yeah. does that himself you know he, he does random yeah. flips as yeah. well he's doing one right now he finished one finished one two months ago and yeah just then i'm buying one right down the road yeah. Same area. Yeah, yeah he's like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I, was like, I was like, I'm done with Pembroke for now, you know? Because like, I live in the deep northwest, right? Yeah. That's southeast. And it's, it's 36 minutes away from my house. So I was like, okay, something closer to home. But when there's an opportunity. You can well, then there's a lot of opportunities in the Pembroke area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. It's Southview, Forest Lawn, that mm -hmm. whole area has got a lot of potential, really. Yeah. And then when you see the comps month, like, like every like quarter, they just keep on going up. Keep on going up. When I first bought that first flip, I was like, expecting to sell it for a closer, like four fifty, right? And then by the time we were finished, because it took a little longer, we were able to sell it for five fifty, right? And now there's comps that say I could sell my current property maybe for closer to six hundred. Yeah. And it's 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 
It's exciting. It's a good, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's the timing was, is great. Here yeah. he was shitting on Pembroke and now it's making him rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now we're in the demo stage and um, I've always had like a, maybe you could give me advice on this, but um, should you should you tear out bad drywall and just put in new one? Do you know if that what do you mean by bad like drywall? bad drywall is like it's like maybe in the kitchen it's got like oil stains and stuff like that maybe painting over it would be really tough um, or is that just something you can paint over? I I, I would say you would drywalls drywall is pretty inexpensive. Right? Yeah. So mudding and taping yeah. it starts to get expensive, but if if there's an odor or something you can't really hide that. But what is it like? I always like to just cover it with feature wall. Put oh. shiplap over it. Put do something cool on top of it that just then you don't even you don't have to paint it or yeah. anything, right? Like so if, even if you're gonna rip the drywall off and get rid of it because it's gross, just throw new drywall up and then do shiplap or some sort yeah. of feature wall right on top of it and you don't need to paint or mud and tape. That's yeah. a great idea for you. Yeah, I usually always tear out the drywall behind tile because taking out tile and saving the drywall is almost impossible. I've tried many times. It's a fool's game. Um, <laughs> what would you even try? What would you, you think? It's like, oh, I don't have to do drywall and tape them out. I just try to like chisel it out and you just destroy the whole wall. You're like, okay, let's just cut it out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, it's definitely, uh, I've learned so much from every single project, right? And and especially when you're flipping, every dollar you save is fantastic. Yeah. Right? It's a dollar in your pocket. But sometimes it's just hard to hard to save money because labor and just things are getting so expensive oh man the cost of materials is going nuts for sure mm -hmm. and yeah. the availability of the trades yeah so these, these new build sales we did forget about three month delay i have clients that are crying because they're still in their rental and they have a 10 month delay now it's been 10 months since they're in writing their possession date well and so. in the flip game the faster that you can turn and burn these things is yeah. crucial yeah. because the longer you yeah. sit there with it you know financed and you know, utilities and the carrying cost up it yeah. creeps up real fast. So if you're on, if you have to wait two extra months, that's a lot of profit you lose. I don't know how you're financing these things. Luckily, I have a, a financier, angel investor. Angel cash. investor, yeah, it's all cash. That's great. And we got no carrying costs, not no financing carrying costs, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm super fortunate with that. Um, but yeah, still, it's the, the, like the people that are financing for me. They're not very experienced in uh, in flipping houses, so they got concerns. That they don't necessarily see they're like they're like i want you to save like as much money as possible where like wherever you can right but then it's like i've already gotten four roofing quotes and it's like let me just pick one they're all the same like let's yeah. just move forward with the project do you want to save a buck or do you want to do projects quicker and move on to the next it's one? about volume too right I mean, yeah you get stuck on one place like, that one took so long yeah, for so you it should have been awesome done, done in four months, months and yeah. it took nine right yeah wow yeah, yeah. you know because he's doing it on his own he's like and he's got a full-time job as a real estate agent. He's his clients, and then you don't, you know, real estate doesn't keep you very busy, does it? You don't have to work very hard as a realtor in Calgary, do you? <laughs> That's what everyone thinks. Easy, yeah. easy money, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You hardly even do anything. For a second, for a second, I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's you know, people have to remember that we spend months. And then get a paycheck a month after that. It's like we're doing work today for a paycheck three months from now. So people think we're just having coffee and having drinks and golfing in the summertime and, you know, going to our little hockey games or whatever leagues we're a part of. And we barely work, right? But Did you guys see that post that went around maybe early, like last week? 
about what it was like to be a realtor and had that list of like 190 things that we do. Did you guys see I that did one? see that one. Yeah, I saw that one. It's like, and then I see all these funny ones where it's like, when, when you thought you would get into real estate because you'd have so much more freedom and set yeah, your own schedule right, right, and you're working yeah. like 12, 13 hours yeah. instead of your nine to five. Right? Yeah, if you want to be, do it well, yeah. yeah, there's yeah you forfeit a lot for yeah. sure. Yeah. But, you know, the one thing that is great about it is, um, you know, I am able, those times where I can find someone for my son, right? My daughter's in school, um, my wife works, so it's all right with my clients and a few people I meet. It's never been a problem if he's with me the odd time. And it's really seldom that he is, but it's great that it's an industry where it's, you know, you can't bring your child to your office and your work, but if he's with me in my car and we're showing a few houses and he's with me, no one said anything. So that's good that I can have my, my kid with me if I need to from time to time. So that freedom's good. Setting your own schedule is good, but I'd be, a liar if I said I'm working less than I, I was as an accountant when it was a nine to five job. I was an accountant before I got into real estate mm -hmm. back in 07. And um, yeah, I was telling them I got into it because I'm like my accounting brain. I'm like, okay, I'll just take the $7,000 course and I'll get that back in my commission for buying my first place. I'm about to buy my first place. And I just thought of just to do it that way. Yeah. And then I did a housewarming and all my friends, same age group, early 20s, out of school, into one or two years into our jobs now. They're like, well, I want an apartment too. And the next thing I know, I did like a dozen deals in like the couple months. I quit my job right away. I was like, I made like two years salary in like a couple months in this accounting job. And I, I never looked back. <laughs> uh, before income tax, before expenses. <laughs> so that's really cool. But um, yeah, that's really exciting. Like both of you. You especially having that background and being in, in construction, um, have you ever done a full like build on R2 lot or have you just done renovations and flips? I haven't done my own flip yet. I'm about to. Uh, I've, I've worked with investors and clients mm -hmm. that have done flips okay. um, and I've been slightly involved in some and not involved at all in others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but uh, I've definitely been around and seen a lot of that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a couple of good friends that are really kind of high level uh, flippers, like guys that are buying like million dollar properties, mm -hmm. putting in three, four hundred grand and then selling for two, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's cool to watch those projects. And I think I'd eventually get there. I don't want to start that big. That's a lot. That's, That's like probably Pump Hill and Edgemont on the hill. Yeah, right? wherever, yeah. right? There's lots of places for that. But mm. I'll start smaller, you know, a little bungalow or maybe even a townhouse. I'll get a few of those under my belt, get a system going, and then uh, yeah. you know, work my way out. It's, it's a science, you know. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. You need to start small, mm. make yeah. mistakes on a smaller investment. Totally. I learned that the hard way firsthand. Um, making uh, money in real estate, saving that money and looking to do real estate for myself, random and flips, mm -hmm. um, you know, just like you hiring contracts, doing as much as I can myself. But instead of buying an apartment foreclosure and just putting a new kitchen and flooring and trying to make a little bit and learn how it is or a house, um, my dumbass went and bought uh, 20 acres in a big 3,000 square foot house as a foreclosure. Oh, yeah. And uh, great exit strategy, but boy, did I get my ass kicked learning about re having to service and redo a septic tank and feel the drilled well. As your first one? When I was you like 24, a, 25. An yeah, <laughs> 20 acres and like, That's I, spent a lot, I spent a lot of time mowing <laughs> that lawn, but um, <laughs> luckily I was able to exit out of it um, without a loss, but not the big profit I wanted. 
And had I stayed with it, it would have just like made me lose years on my life, the amount of stress it was yeah. causing me. Oh, yeah. So a person wanted to JV with me and I said, no, I, I just want out. So the gentleman that moved here from the States who was very, very well equipped with all that stuff. He just basically, I like was able to you walk. You know what's funny about that? I've, I've had numerous people over the years say they want to do something like that. And then every time it gets serious, they're nowhere to be found. You know what I mean? Talking it's, is free. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah, we should do something like that. And then you start finding some properties. You, send, yeah, you tell them. them over. Be like tuxedo, foreclosure. Yeah. We're going to redo this whole and thing. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe on the next one. Yeah. I got a, I got a checkings and a savings. I got to move the money from the checkings and the savings. I don't think it's going to go through. Yeah. <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah. I got... Uh, a funny story for you guys. We were talking about superstitions and I've had a few clients in my day that are superstitious. Like I mentioned the one client who, if the feng shui wasn't right, meaning if the stairs were right facing the exit door, I don't want it. Um, if the house faces a certain direction, I don't want it. But this one client takes the cake and I'll never forget it. Like God bless her. I helped her sell her properties, you know, beautiful, beautiful old woman. And um, it was my client's mother. And I was pre-warned. Like, hey, Shiraz, you know, my mom, she's a little superstitious. I'm like, that's fine. We all are. We all are superstitions. You make she doesn't want to buy a house that's number 13 or number 11. You know, that's fine. He's like, no, no. So you'll see what I mean. And he's like, and don't judge me on this. Our friendship stays the same. I said, of course, no problem. Meet meet this client at Tim Hortons, right? Prepare the CMA. This is in the days when there was no smartphones or nothing. So a bunch of paper going through the paperwork at Tim Hortons. And then... Everything was there. All the questions were answered. Everything looked great. And then the client looks me right in the eye and says, all right, I'm, ha I'm happy with all of this. I'm ready to proceed with you as my agent, but I don't really make that decision. I'm going to let the powers that be, the universe, decide whether you're going to be my agent or not. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, are we going to flip a coin? Like, I said that. I'm like, are we flipping a coin? No, no, I don't believe in that. But this is something else. And reached into her purse and pulled out, like, uh, a medallion that was like an eyeball and then looked at me and said, if this starts swinging back and forth, you are not my agent. And if this starts swinging clockwise, you're my agent. And if it's counterclockwise, I never want to see you again and lose my number. And then I'm like sitting there, like how do I cough and blow so that this <laughs> thing goes clockwise? And weirdly and strangely enough, this thing started going clockwise and she shook my hand and signed the paperwork and I sold her property. But I, told, I phoned my friend right away. I was like, dude, you weren't kidding. He's like, yeah, I, I think my childhood was. <laughs> Jeez. That's incredible. Yeah. You haven't heard that story before? No. 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 Yeah, no. I didn't, you know, it was reminding me of it, like thinking of superstitions and then seeing that that key on a, a balcony and stuff. I yeah. Know. Who knows? Yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah, that's everyone wild. has their thing. It's a little bizarre. Yeah, I thought you were going to say a Ouija board or something. Yeah. Yeah. So Ouija, board, yeah. Ouija board at Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> I was like looking around a little embarrassed. I was like, is everyone, anyone else seeing this? Yeah. 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 But she's like the sweetest old lady. But, you know, hey, that's, if, if that's yeah. who she trusts. Then uh, the universe spoke and I helped her out. Oh, Wasn't there to screw her so over? Far. Yeah. So I have a question for you sure. about... Um, getting into potentially rental and flips for yourself. Okay. Have you thought about, or have you decided whether you are going to represent yourself for that sale? Uh, well, I probably would to save the money, but I also know, you know our side of that with, mm -hmm. on the back end that I won't say, but um, I know, so I know the implications of that, 
but I probably won't be buying and selling these under my name. Okay. So the reason I ask is, you know, for him, for him on his random and flip, I suggested that he ask someone else and he asked me to keep the emotions out of it because him and his business partners who are funding it, they're all have all their emotions tied yeah, into it, right? Yeah. So they get offended when they see offers. They get offended when they yeah. see, hear Not that comments. I do. It's my partners that do it, yeah. right? Yeah, but, yeah I mean, uh, and I think I would should be able to shield that quite well. Yeah, um, I have sold my own properties a few times and learned the lesson of the emotion. Like yeah. somebody got after me once in one of my deals on uh, about my hot water tank, and I, I reacted too soon. I. Right in the same conversation, I responded mm -hmm. and and then got off the phone and was like, huh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. So I learned then. That was my first time learning the lesson of like, just, you know, take an hour. Mm -hmm. Say thank you for your information here. Let me talk to my the other people involved. Get off the phone, digest, process, and then call back. Because if you just react, you never know if you'll be okay with what you say. And you can't take your words back. No, right? no. Once you may give them information you don't want them to have. You exactly. may say something you shouldn't say or yeah. rash or, you know. I've I've talked buyers out of buying a house and what the hell was I doing? Mm. Pointing out the things I don't like about the house. Yeah. They like it. So now I'm like shutting my mouth at like showings more than I did for like many, many years. And it's, I'm finding out like in the past, I would tell them, no, no, you don't want this one. Like, I don't like this, but it's not mine to buy. I should leave my personal comments out of it, right? So, same thing. Two ears, one mouth, right? Take yeah. your time, listen, digest, and try to speak. Just let the, I like to let them know things that might affect, like, the value of the property later, resale, yeah. things like that. My personal opinion on the staircase or the railing, who cares? But That's what I mean. But if yeah. there's things about, like, the location or whatever, resale aspects, you might... You want to let them know that. Yeah, no, I tell them that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I'm talking like my, my own personal yeah, opinions yeah. about it, right? So two ears, one mouth. Very good point. Yeah. Listen twice. I do speak a lot once. of listening. Yeah. I don't even really follow people around anymore. Like I used to go with them upstairs and then come with yeah. a lot of times I just stay in the main floor and I just kind of hang Wait, tight yeah. and let them come down. How was that? Any questions? And I'll go up after so that I can, I, so I can at least see it. Yeah. And then they go downstairs and yeah. I don't like to hover over their shoulder. Like, so you want to buy it? You want to buy it? Yeah. <laughs> Just over them with the sheet. Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. I, I did that today and, and it's something I do now for sure. I let them go and I go in there after. So when they're done this section, I'll go in after so that, Oh, did you see this? I have a question about that. So you have your eyes on it, but you're right. You want to let them look themselves and then ask you the questions. Yeah. It's a little over, overbearing. Especially with new clients. Yeah. If, if you follow them around, it makes them a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They last thing you want to do is be pushy, right? So yeah. just give them lots of space. So I, uh, I made, I reposted a funny clip from uh, the broke agent, which is like a funny Instagram about like real estate jokes. And uh, it, it showed um, a gentleman driving that British gentleman on that driving show, famous driving show. So it's like when you show up to when you arrive to your showing and your client has his entire extended family there. It's just like he looks, yeah, and he's like, well, opens the door and jumps out of the moving car before yeah. even getting there. So that's I, what I loved about COVID. If the one good thing that came out of COVID, they're not in my car yeah, anymore. No, they're only two people in a showing. Yeah, too. <laughs> but the the big thing is now everyone's in the habit of like following you and having their own vehicle, whereas it's like so many years they were always in my car. I had to make sure my car was spick and span and. You know, now it's like they're always just following me, so that's nice. And yeah. of course, like they've yeah. gone to the habit where it's like one or two people, it's not their whole family. Yeah. But I had that happen and why I posted it, you know, 
the, the dad, the stepmom, the real mom, the brother, you know, the cousin. Like there was six people with my client, one, mm-hmm. one buyer. That's not really acceptable though, you know? Yeah. Like if you're, if you're a seller and eight people are walking through your house that, and six of them really don't need to be there, mm-hmm. how, how upset are you going to be? Right? Exactly. So, and that's how I, always, I, I let it happen once. Mm-hmm. I'll just say, just so you know, it's really supposed to be the only two people on the, that are going to be on the contract that mm-hmm. come through. And I'll tell you what we can do, though, is if you find one that you like and you want to see it a second time and get your family's opinion, then we can bring them down for that one. But I don't like parading around the city with like six people or eight people. That's hectic. Well, that's just not appropriate. Two cars following me, two full cars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you guys might need to buy a van, not a house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, all learning, right? Learning every day still. It's, it's all fun. I do really love this career in this industry. Um, don't see myself walking away from it anytime soon, at least. What's so, your biggest complaint of the industry? Um, you know what I've complained a lot about is with these competing offers, I've always wanted it to be a little more transparent for my clients and for myself when I bought and sold in competing offer situations. Because how much more did I pay? You know, like I do like this escalation clause that we've been using. So that helps. But I'm like, why can't, if the seller is open to it, have it to be an auction type situation, right? If there's multiple buyers, okay, well, let's, you know, 501, 502, 503, instead of all bring your offers at 7 p.m., there's six offers and the highest one beat the second highest by 15,000. That person didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it could also, I always thought it could also help the seller get more money. Because having like an open bid system like that, some people are proud and they might bid a lot more, I think. I'm okay with the the open bid system. Like, or sorry, not open bid, but closed bid. Everyone had to have your offer in at seven. Mm-hmm. I just wish you, it was either you, it was sticking to that, mm-hmm. like no bully offers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. if it's a, if it's Sunday at seven, it's Sunday at seven. Yeah. I don't don't send an unconditional yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. And it should almost be a system that it, I don't like either that. Cause like, let's say you and me are super tight and he writes an offer and then you, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink mm-hmm. me on what to do. And then I beat his offer. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you, there's that, it oh, has God. to be going on. Right. Of course. So there should be a way where it truly is silent. Nobody knows anything. And I also don't like it when, uh, you, it's your listing and you're putting a bid in with a buyer, with a sign call mm-hmm. from a buyer. Like that can't happen either. You can't. In that well, situation, but there's guys that do it, but they're not allowed to. I know they're supposed to get their broker involved, and the broker is now supposed to review all offers. And their offer, yours on your own listing, representing a buyer as well, is also blind, right? Right, but the guys don't do that. No, no. and it's like you said, like I'm sure it's happening, yeah. I wish it wasn't, but we'd be naive to think it's not happening. Right. Where I know someone for 10 years, and uh, yeah, you know, hey thousand bucks more you got it yeah you're gonna have to come up just a bit well what does just a bit mean i don't know not 900 yeah 1200 see you later yeah (laughs) or or how about the call negotiating three different offers at the same time right yeah like i had one on the golf course this year that was terrible and it was my seller directing me to say this to you and this to you and this to you trying to get all three of these guys to play against each other Mm -hmm. it was nonsense yeah you you set a day and time and you pick the best one that you want to work with. Mm-hmm. Go back and forth with that one. Mm-hmm. If there's two very close, then I tell those two, you two are almost identical. That's all the most I can Give say. Give me another offer. Both of you come with your one more time, yeah. just you two, and we'll pick one. 
But I did check, and you are allowed to negotiate all three of those offers against each other. Like you are, but it gets messy, it, right? It, well, and it's like uh, unethical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it not messy and just not a not good business. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, anything you uh, anything you want to ask us? Anything you because we just met. Very how, nice how to meet you. How long have you Derek? been in real estate? Um, about a year and a half now. Oh wow, good for you. Yeah, I thought it was a yeah. lot longer than that. Remax first. Oh, uh, I was okay. So I was an agent at Remax five years ago, right? When I was younger and uh, didn't work out for me. So I did that for a year. Made a sale, one sale. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> Which Remax? Uh, Mountain View. Okay. That was a Remax Mountain View, and so I, the expenses caught up to me, and I decided to take a break. And then three years later, I came back into it. Now I've been a realtor again for a year and a half. And I feel like this time I'm actually taking it seriously. So that's yeah. why I say because you're right? doing, you know, your own reno and flips and then also helping clients yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. Good yeah. for you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the old one here. Freaking faxing days. <laughs> I started Royal LePage Foothills in 07. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, uh, I'm in my seventh year. I think I started in 2017 in March. Yep. So I'm halfway through my seventh year, yeah. six and a half years mm-hmm. or something. But, right. uh, but you're, you're fortunate, you know, having that background with what you did really helps. Not yeah. only does it will instill confidence in a client when they find that out about you. Yeah. Um, it just helps you see things that I'm not going to see. Right. Or notice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> It's a, as much as it is about houses, it's still a people business. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the one thing that's kind of starting to get a little taxing on me. It's just all the people all the time, which is why I still want to buy and sell houses, but maybe I don't want to, I don't really don't want to get into too much more transactions. I'd rather have another stream of revenue, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the flipping. Cause it, you know, at 40 houses a year, that's already enough people <laughs> and their stress and, their and yeah it's emotional for them it's yeah. emotional for me it's a lot of phone to calls take it out lot, on us a lot of text messages a lot of emails a lot of watching what you say how you say it yeah. a lot of hours away from the family and stuff and so it's just it's taxing enough i think i'm good at that level and mm-hmm. i want to find another stream mm-hmm. well i hope we can cross paths in the industry yeah do a do a deal i mean like i said i have if you have something in strathmore i'll buy it I'm doing showing Saturday, Sunday, because I sold their place near Langdon. They mm-hmm. want to downsize into Strathmore. Um, I have a West Hillhurst condo. Um, what else is coming up? A full duplex in Earlton. Very old, original owners um, going into a retirement home. But that one's like original, but it's four legal suites on a really nice lot. You can see downtown and everything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if there's something or someone comes your way like that's how we should keep in contact now and kind of like that's a network i've built where i have something and i fire it off to a mass email to those who i know personally mm-hmm. and i say hey coming yeah. soon or do you have something here you never know it's just a quick email yeah yeah i mean it's it's tough with that stuff because i feel like in the market we have now you're almost better off to take it to market mm-hmm. Right, you, the more people that come out and look at it and drive the price up, better for the seller. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but some sellers don't want to be. On, I had somebody this year that just did not want to be on market. They did not like the idea of people walking through their house, so they so, forced me to sell it off market, which I did. But how? Like using the coming soon pocket listing page, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook marketplace. Yeah. 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 
Facebook marketplace. And then I would, you know, I would market it and line everybody up and do one, an open house on Saturday. It's like, Hey, Saturday from two to four, I'll be there. You guys can come through. I had to do that about three, four times. And then finally got a, got a sale out of it. Nice. But, but yeah, we, we have to abide by the lawful instructions and it's up to you yeah. to not take that client if you don't want to deal with that. But yeah. If that's what you have to do. That's what yeah, you have to do, right? Someone right now that's like, I really want to sell my lot to a builder and I want this price. And I was like, no, the price is, you want a high price. So I was like, I showed it to a, a builder or two. And I was like, honestly, same thing. It's like, if you want the top dollar for your house, there's no better place than on market. Mm -hmm. But they just, they're just refusing. They're just yeah. refusing. Yeah, check, check what you can see. Check what you can do. And we want to let you know that if we get, if, if they offer us, let's just say 600, we want the whole 600. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got probably a good one for you guys uh, in Inglewood coming up. Love Inglewood. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's you could like a 1910. Yeah. Something like that. You could probably salvage it if you wanted to, but it's more of a teardown. Um, and so I'll be reaching out to, like developers and privately let us one, let us know first before yeah yeah, yeah well well that'll be in the new email. year it's right now it's been a storage facility for her and her whole family they've just been like hoarding all their stuff mm. in it for years yeah yeah, yeah like nobody even lives there <laughs> what goodies are we gonna find in there yeah <laughs> well she wants to get it empty first and i said you don't need to like yeah. someone will, someone will buy it as it is. And then you, you know, and then you know how much time you have. You got 60 mm -hmm. days. Okay. Then start getting all your stuff out of there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to get it out to sell it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when she's ready, I'll let you know. Yeah, please. Definitely. I mean, right. We'll know that same day right away. If we want to make an offer and take it or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What size is the lot? It's not quite a double wide. Uh, Cause all the neighboring lots I think are, like a, 11 meters or something mm. and, and hers is like 19 something like that it's almost a double wide lot yeah so and the house instead of the house being long and skinny like this it's yeah. it's short and wide okay yeah with a huge backyard yeah of course all inglewood lots are nice lots and inglewood like there's pouring a lot of money in there yeah yeah so, it's a cool area yeah a lot of big like two million sales have happened there new builds on lots like that a lot of upcoming stuff mm -hmm. yeah yeah, that's definitely be interested in that for sure. But thanks again for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having appreciate me. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we do do a deal soon and maybe we'll get you on again and talk about that mm -hmm. deal. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. I'll come back after my first flip and we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll yeah, talk about we'll it. shoot the shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we do some episodes sometimes in our properties, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes we'll do an episode like we did at his flip. Um, in Cochrane and yeah. the other flip you did uh, I had a listing in Upper Mount Royal really cool one the castle mm -hmm. so we did an episode in there um, so yeah I mean if you do a, a flip and it's ready to yeah. market or conditionally sold and it's a brand new place do an episode in there and talk about it sure yeah we'll, we'll figure something out yeah. we'll stay in touch yeah, yeah. But, yeah, what I enjoy, yeah what I enjoyed doing is when one time we, we pulled up the property we showed pictures and then we kind of like we didn't say which property it was um, but we just pulled out like comps and just kind of reviewed the the neighborhood and yeah. see what we could potentially sell it for with what kind of rentals and that's a fun thing to go. Yeah, through. sometimes we do that. Depends, uh, yeah. you know, if we have a guest or not. Like if we don't have a guest, yeah, like what, what we do what we do for the viewers is uh, you know we'll pull up everything on the screen and do like a live search and sometimes viewers reach out and say tell me about this community so we'll just do like a live CMA you know yeah yeah so 
But uh, that'd be, I like doing those more where we actually are in a product that's on the market or was on the market. And it was like, got this six months ago. It was, was this, look at it Mm. now. And we talk about a few things that we're like, man, I didn't know I'd have to deal with this old fireplace and make it into a gas fireplace, right? You know, wood burning ones. Sometimes they just block them off and it's like no fireplace at all anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're a tough one. Those things. I mean, I think most people want them. They think that they're very cool, but Mm -hmm. the insurance aspect and then the wet inspection and reconditioning them and Mm -hmm. just all the rules around them get a little bit scary sometimes. Right. People just sort of like the air quality and it has to be really well kept and re refurbished almost for you to use Mm -hmm. it again, the way it's intended to be used. Because especially on these properties that have them, they're older properties. There's no new houses with a wood burning fireplace. No, they're pretty cool though. If you like, if you've you've been in one recently that has a fire going, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So I sold one and she specifically wanted a wood burning fireplace. So we got it, the the inspector with the wet um, inspection and we got it, we made the seller make sure it was like servicing clean before possession and like ready to be used. Um, so she backs right onto Fish Creek Park and uh, oh, like yeah. an older like town. Uh, no, what was that area? Um, wood something? Woodlands? Yeah. Woodbine? Yeah. yeah. But it's townhouses, double garage, and backs right onto the top of Fish Fish Creek. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a cool spot. Yeah. yeah. And then it was an older, it was like a 1984 built, completely renovated, but they didn't, uh, she's like, Yes, they didn't redo this into gas because we saw other ones in the area and they had redone it into gas. But she was like one of the only clients I know that wanted wood burning. So yeah. But she uses it. I went over there to see her, give her a gift. And she's like, come look, sit with me by the fire. <laughs> Making her soup and whatnot. Yeah. No, she's not cooking in there. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Making Big her soup. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, yeah, thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully we can have a part two. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great to meet you guys. Thank you. You too. See you all next week.